Well, good evening, church family. Y'all doing all right tonight? I'm excited to be here with y'all. My name is Tim Johnson. I'm the student pastor here at Sherwood. Uh, I always love being here on Sunday nights. It's always a lot of fun. But can, can I just point out something? That is an original Sherwood song, correct, Seth? He's hugging somebody. That's what Seth does. But I want y'all to know, we have an incredible worship team here that is writing these incredible songs that are going all over the world. And I always love Seth because uh, when Seth comes and does D Now or Camp for us, that's when he traditionally would unveil those new songs. So I want you to know, y'all got something a little bit extra tonight, which is awesome. Well, tonight we are talking about a subject that we just don't talk a lot about in church. And before you open your notes, I want to see if you can figure out a riddle about what we're talking about. Now, a couple of weeks ago, our pastor introduced some of you to this thing called ChatGPT. And I want you to know ChatGPT is this incredible thing that is this AI program where you can literally put anything into it. And so I took the subject of tonight's message and said, I want you to write me a Dr. Seuss riddle about tonight's subject. And here's what it came up with. You ready? It says, in shadows I dwell, a poison unseen, feasting on hearts and turning them green. I crave what's not mine and so discontent. In souls I linger, a venomous intent. Anybody catch what it is? What is it? Envy, very good. It went kind of dark, Dr. Seuss. But anyways, nonetheless. But tonight as we're looking at this, envy is a subject that we rarely tend to think about, but it's a subject that almost all of us struggle with or we come in contact with on a weekly basis. And so tonight we're gonna look at this dangerous issue of envy that has the ability to rob us of the life that we all desire. And to give you a definition of what envy is, here's, what, here's how the Bible dictionary defines it. It says that envy is the painful or the resentful awareness of another's advantage joined with the desire to possess the same advantage. Or I love the way that John Piper actually puts it. He says that envy, it's a mix of desire for something with the resentment that another's enjoying it and you are not. That's, that's a simple definition. Uh, I get the opportunity every once in a while to go to schools and to speak. And uh, I was at a school on Monday and I was actually talking and I gave uh, something kind of similar to this. Uh, and as we were talking, I started off the game and I had these two boys, this is for FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And I invited these two boys and said, who in here is the strongest? And of course, you know what every single middle school boy in the room went, that's me, that's me. And I mean, like, they're like freaking out, like, oh, I'm gonna do it. And I said, all right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna come up and we're gonna have a push-up contest. I thought about doing it tonight, Pastor Paul said no. All right, so, we, uh, so I had these two boys come up and they got up on the, the, the center of the stage and I said, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you 30 seconds to see how many push-ups you can do as fast as you can. And these boys, for, they were, it was Lee County football boys. They were big. Anyway, so they, uh, so they get there and they start going, all right, ready, set, go. And they go, one, two, three. And they're like hammering out. And they, they ended up getting about 40, one did 40 push-ups, which was actually really impressive. And they were legit. All right, so he did about 40 push-ups. The other did uh, around 38. And so I said, I said at the very beginning, I said, the person that wins this competition, I'm gonna give a $5 Chick-fil-A card. 
And so the kid that won's like, yes, this is amazing. This is awesome. I said, awesome. I said, well, hey, I got a consolation prize and I handed the kid a bag and I said, I want, and I handed it to the winner. I said, can you hold this? And I, I pulled out a king size Snickers bar and handed it to the kid who had lost. And I said, here you go, this is for losing. I want you to know. And then I pulled out a thing of, of, of uh, Skittles and I pulled out another thing of Airheads and I pulled out another thing and another piece and another piece and another piece. The kid ended up having like 10 bucks worth of candy. Of course, he's freaking out. And the other kid's looking at me going, what in the world? He's like, I thought I won. I'm like, dude, we agreed upon a $5 gift card. And the kid is just so upset. And he's just looking at me like, I just got gypped. Why did you do this? And I said, it's to prove a point. For today, we're gonna talk about envy. And so, it would have been a lot of fun to do in here, but anyways. But the thing about this definition of envy is that envy has two main parts. It's a desire for something, which is good and right in most cases, but it's mixed with resentment. It's two parts. It's desire and it's resentment or anger that another has what you want or think that you need. And while most of us, we struggle to admit that probably envy is a part of our life, I think if we did a simple little test tonight, you might see that it's a little bit more common than you might think. So we're going to take a test. You ready? I promise you can all pass, hopefully. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I want you to think of something that you really want or desire. All right, I want you to think about it. You don't have to share with your neighbor. Just think about what is something that you really want or you really Desire. It might be something like, I don't know, like being promoted at work. It might be something along the lines of maybe students. It might be the new iPhone that just came out. Uh, it might be a nice car, a nice home. I want you to think about it. Everybody got something? Everybody's got it in their minds. They know what they're thinking. All right. I want you to imagine for a second that you see or you hear of someone achieving or receiving that very thing that you really desire. What's your reaction? Is your initial reaction to be like, I'm so excited for you. That's amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> or is it more to try and debunk their success or to somehow accuse them of something that downplays the achievement? She only got that because you fill in the blank. You see, I think for a lot of us, this, if we're really, really honest, envy attacks our hearts almost every time that we get on social media. I think envy attacks our hearts almost every time we see the rival team win or we hear that they got the new blank or we hear the news that they were promoted and you were not. And see, while most of the time we don't like to admit that we struggle with this, I think it's important. It's time that we start to actually look at the danger of it. So if you've got your Bibles, I want to encourage you tonight to open up to the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs, chapter 14. And we're going to look specifically at one verse, verse 30. And it's going to give this comparison. It's going to give a comparison to envy in a, in a life that has peace in it. And so as we look at this verse, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30, in the New International Version, it reads this way. It says, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but listen to this, but envy rots the bones. Let me read it again, it's nice and short. 
A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Let's pray. Father, tonight as we study your word, as we look at this, this very short but powerful piece of text, Father, I pray that, Lord, you would just begin to show us, Lord, the danger of envy, but God, the hope of life that you give. So, Father, would you speak tonight? And God, would you do what only you can do in the hearts of your people? In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know about you, but whenever there is something that I don't want to admit to be true about myself, I tend to do one of three things. And maybe you can relate to this. I either tend to go into denial, just to pretend like, oh, that just doesn't exist. I might do something kind of similar to it and just try to ignore it. Like I just take the issue, I see it, I know it's there, and I just kind of like sweep it underneath the proverbial rug of my life. Or I tend to just shrug it off and I just downplay its importance and be like, oh yeah, that is a big issue. I see that, but it's not that big of a deal. And tonight, I want you to know, you might be thinking that the envy that you might be seeing in your life is not that big of a deal. Like it may not seem like that big of a deal that that person on social media has the life that you just want. It might not be a big deal that you are envious of that coworker who always gets the credit when, let's just be honest, you're the one that's actually doing all the work. You may not think that it's a big deal that you have that envy in your life, but hear me, envy is a dangerous disease. It is a dangerous disease that cannot be ignored because it affects every area of our life. Let me say that one more time, just so you don't miss this, because this is so important is that envy is a dangerous disease that cannot be ignored because it affects every area of our life. Look at Proverbs chapter 14 again. It says, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. In the New Living Translation, it says that envy is like a cancer in the bones. It's this disease that is slowly killing us. It's taking over our whole body and our minds and it slowly poisons our souls. This is the imagery of envy. This is the idea that the, that the uh, writer, this proverb is trying to get across. And when we look throughout the pages of scripture, we actually see this happen in the lives of men and women all throughout it. And so if you've got your Bibles, I want to encourage you to just flip over to the book of Genesis. Let's go all the way back to the beginning, to the first family. And we'll begin to look at this. Now, just by a uh, quick show of hands, how many of you have ever been envious of a sibling? Anybody in here? <laughs> I want you to know you're in good company. It's been happening since literally the beginning of time. And so in the book of Genesis, with our first two siblings, we see envy. We see this strife between these two. It says this, starting in verse three, it says, now Abel was a keeper of flocks, but Cain was a cultivator of the ground. And so it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord from the fruit of the ground. And Abel, on his part, also brought an offering from the firstborn of his flock and from their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. In other words, he accepted it. He was... This was acceptable to him. But God, but for Cain and his offerings, God had no regard. So Cain became very angry and his face was gloomy. 
And what every, almost every commentator begins to talk about is the fact that, you know what, this anger and this gloom, this was a symptom of a deeper problem in Cain's heart. It was a symptom of envy that he was having over his brother's acceptance and his rejection. And then we see in verse 6 where God begins to just lovingly seek to draw Cain back to himself. And you see it says, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why is your face gloomy? If you do well, will your face not be cheerful? And if you do not do well, sin is lurking at the door and its desire is for you. But you must master it. And while we don't know how much time passed between verse 7 and verse 8, we see that Cain doesn't do this. In verse 8, it says, Cain talked to his brother Abel. And it happened that when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and he killed him. You might be thinking, well, that's, that's kind of an extreme example of what envy does, right? Well, if you just flip over literally just a couple of chapters to the story of Joseph and his brothers, you'll see that the envy that they had for their brother and this love that their father was giving their brother ends up leading them to take their brother, to take him, throw him into a pit, to leave him to die. Only, this plan is only thwarted by the fact that they have a better opportunity that comes up, shows up, and so they have this opportunity to sell him to basically these human traffickers. And then for them, their brother is as good as dead. If you haven't read the story, it's actually got an awesome plot twist at the very end. But you keep on going over to 1 Samuel chapter 18. In verses 6 through 9, we begin to see that Saul, just after this incredible battle where David defeats Goliath, we see they're coming home from this war and Saul becomes incredibly jealous and envious of the praise that David was given as they return from war. So what does he do? He spends the rest of his life seeking to kill the very man the very one who was willing to stand up against Goliath, a man who was loved by his people and loved by his generals. If you go to the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 27, verse 18, we read, it says, For Pilate knew that it was because of envy that the religious leaders handed Jesus over. You see, this is why Proverbs warns us that envy is like a cancer that will slowly kill our souls if left unchecked. And so I hope you're starting to see why we cannot downplay this, why we cannot ignore this problem, why we cannot try to justify it, even if it's just a little tiny thing in our lives. Because envy is this dangerous, cancerous disease in our life. But envy, here's the danger of it. It not only affects just you, envy will inevitably have a negative impact on every relationship in your life if it is not promptly addressed. It'll begin to impact every relationship, those who are close to you and possibly even those that you do not even know. If you look back at the story of Cain and Abel, Cain literally destroys his relationship with his brother, but Think about this. Think about the impact that envy had upon his parents, Adam and Eve. 
I mean, think about what they are seeing for the very first time. Think about the pain and the heartache that this is causing with the loss of their son. I mean, the story of Joseph and his brothers is completely, it's not even any different. Like, they were totally cool with selling their brother these traffickers and destroying any hope of relationship with him. But here's the crazy part, is they knew that this action would hurt the heart of their father, the very person they wanted love from, but they still did it anyways. And then you go to King Saul. And King Saul's jealousy and envy, it impacts not only the life of his own family, but the life of an entire nation. You see, envy, envy will not only wreck your life, it'll also begin to impact the lives of others. And as it does, here's the next point. Envy will warp and it will distort our thinking as it slowly steals our life of peace. I mean, it'll warp, it'll distort. You think about Cain. He thinks, if I can just get rid of him, the brothers, if we can just get him out of the picture, we'll get the love from our father that we've always desired. Saul, if I can just get rid of David, the people will love me even more. Do you see the warped thinking that this begins to do? And that's what happens in our own lives. We begin to think, if I can just get that thing, I'll be satisfied. My heart, my life, it'll be at peace. I'll have everything that I've been searching for, everything I've been wanting. And so Proverbs says, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. The Hebrew word, the Hebrew term peace here is the word that most of us think about. It's the word shalom. But it's derived from this verb that means to complete or to make sound. I want you to think structural stability. The idea here is a picture of a heart that lacks nothing or a life that is stable. And envy is just the opposite of that, right? I mean, look back at our definition. We said that envy is the painful resentment and awareness of another's advantage joined with the desire to possess the same advantage. How can your heart be at peace when your desire when your heart is in pain, desiring what other people have and possess. You see, this is why we have to begin to see that envy, it is the thief of everything. Envy seeks to rob your life of its joy. Envy will steal every ounce of your peace and envy will make it impossible for you to begin to love others. I mean, think about it. How can you have joy and peace when others have the very thing that you think is going to bring your life completion? How can you love others when they have what you think you deserve? You can't. See, envy is a thief and it seeks to rob and steal everything out of our lives. And so the question begins to be, well, if Proverbs tells us there's this life of peace, how do we experience the peace that actually begins to give life to our bodies. So with this word peace here, shalom, it means to complete or make sound. And this picture is a heart 
that lacks nothing or a life that is completely stable. The first step to us actually understanding the key problem of envy is to recognize that envy is born out of a heart that does not find God all satisfying. Envy is born out of a heart that does not find God all satisfying. Here's the mantra of envy. God, you're good, but you're not enough. Envy says, God, I know that you created the heavens. God, I know that you spoke planets into being. God, I know that you have formed me and you knit me together in my mother's womb. I know that you've given me every good and perfect gift that comes from a God. God, I realize that you have given me the greatest gift of all, your son as a sacrifice for my sins so that I might have life. God, you're good, but you're just not quite enough. Because you see, God, in order for my life to be complete, I want you and this. And can we just be honest about what that actually is? That's idolatry. That is idolatry in its purest form. You see, the definition that we oftentimes give our students of idolatry is this. And it's not in your notes. If you want to write it down, this is it. An idol is anyone or anything that we treasure or we desire more than God. An idol is anyone or anything that we treasure or we desire more than God. And here is the danger of what idols do to, in our lives. You see, idols promise us what only a relationship with God can actually give. An idol promises you life and peace, but it can never do it. And that's exactly what envy does. Envy's like a really bad friend that introduces you to someone that you don't want to meet. See, envy promises to supply us what it cannot deliver, a peace that brings life to the body. It promises what it can never actually deliver, a life of peace. I want you to know while success and having a great family and getting promotion or acknowledgement at work, these are all good things. But what we have to begin to understand is that they are not what will bring life to our bodies. They're not. They're not bad, but they're just not intended to fill that part of our life. You see, only a daily abiding relationship with Jesus can set our heart at peace and truly bring life to our bodies. It's only a daily abiding relationship with Jesus, a relationship that is real, that we seek to be with him all throughout our day, not just in the morning during our quiet time, not just in the evening when we're going to bed. It's when we wake, we're going to work, we're in our work, we're doing work, we're hanging out, we're doing this. It's this daily, everyday, moment by moment, abiding relationship with him. That's what will truly begin to satisfy our hearts and our souls because he's the one that our hearts long for. He's the treasure that we truly desire. And Jesus is the only one who can enable us to be able to declare like Paul does, 
in the book of Philippians chapter four. I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And here's the line that we all think about. It's verse 13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. You see, church, what I hope that you walk away with tonight is this, is that only a daily abiding relationship with Jesus can actually set our hearts at peace and bring life to our bodies because it is only by spending time attached to the vine that we will actually begin to experience the life that we were created for. And so my encouragement to you tonight is to search your hearts to begin to ask two very simple, but I, what I think are powerful questions. The first is this, is do I see the ugliness of envy in my life? Even if it's just a small thing, even if you don't think it's big, do you see this ugliness at all in your life? Don't downplay it, don't ignore it, don't try to sweep it under the rug. Do you see it? And then the second really big question is this one, is is there something other than a daily abiding relationship with Jesus that I'm hoping will set my heart at peace and bring life to my body? My encouragement to you is to search your hearts, to see the danger of this disease, but to see the hope that Jesus offers. It's only through abiding with him daily, remaining connected to the vine, that we'll truly find the life that we all are searching for. It's Christ. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would just begin to search our hearts. That, Father, you would truly begin to help us to be honest. That, God, we wouldn't sweep things underneath the rug. That, God, if we see this ugliness of envy in our lives, that, Father, we would truly begin to come to you. That we would confess those things. That we would begin to get real with you. And that, God, you would begin to eliminate these envious desires and pursuits in our life. Lord, I pray that you would help us to taste God, to see just how good and satisfying you truly are. That God, we would truly see just how beautiful, God, how nourishing a daily and abiding relationship with you truly is. Father, would you just move in us, help us. In Jesus' name, amen.